Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. Many of you may know already that last fall our family got uh, a puppy. We got a yellow lab. And so over the last several months, we have, we've, we've enjoyed our time uh, playing with Brinkley and bonding with her and, and even training her. And, and I've even been able to teach her some tricks along the way. Now, one thing that I've realized over the last several months is that she's been able to learn several English words, and I have yet to learn any barks which may mean that she's smarter than me. <laughs> but, but as we think about dogs, there, there are some things that we probably see them do, maybe even quite often, that, that we may not realize why they do the, those things. So let me just give you a couple of examples. If you see your dog playing with another dog, and, and maybe they're playing roughly, and all of a sudden your dog stops and just starts sneezing, right? That they're not having an allergy attack, that that's actually a communication signal from your dog to the other dog, letting it know that, hey, we're just playing. We, we are not, we're not fighting right now. We're just playing, so don't get carried away. So that's the first example. The second thing that, that you probably have noticed is that many times dogs will not keep eye contact with you. If you look them in the eyes, they will likely, after a period of time, they will look away because... Because uh, while for, a, for humans, making eye contact is, is a sign of respect, for dogs, keeping that eye contact may be a sign of a threat. And so by the dog looking away, it's communicating to you that it's not a threat to you and that you're not a threat to it. So these are just two very simple things, sneezing and looking away, that that are indicators for these dogs. They, they communicate something about this dog to others. So we're in this series right now titled, Who We Are. And as we're walking through this series, we are looking at the different facets of our mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. We are a community church with a kingdom mission, meaning that we are a community of believers located in the community of Stockdale, and we have a common mission springing forth from God's word and his kingdom. So let me just remind you of this overarching truth that I've been giving you each week. As a church, it is Christ who unites us, and it is a mission rooted and grounded not in our own ideologies, but in his word and in his kingdom that moves us forward in one direction together. And the kingdom mission that this body of believers, that First Baptist Church Stockdale has adopted, is to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. And so as we think about our mission statement, I want you to think about these words as indicators much like sneezing and, and, and looking away are, are indicators for dogs, right? I want you to see these as indicators in our lives, both as individuals, but also as a church body. That these four things, that these four aspects of our mission statement would communicate something to those that might see us. 
And, and what these four things should communicate as we live these out in our lives, these four things should communicate not just that we are members of First Baptist Church Stockdale, but these four things should communicate that we are Christ followers. Because understand, before you are a member of First Baptist Church Stockdale, first and foremost, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not only a truth, this is actually a, a requirement, right? Before you become a member of this church body, First and foremost, you must surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, if you have not given your life to Christ, if you have not surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ, this doesn't mean we don't want you to come. It doesn't mean we don't want you to attend. We certainly do. But in order to become a member of this church body, the requirement is that you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And... While, while I, I enjoy, as your pastor, while I enjoy that, that you would point others to this church body, my, my desire, I enjoy this even more when your life points others to Christ as you follow him. And so that's my desire. As we grab hold of this mission statement and as we begin to live out these things in our life, that, then my desire is that, uh, that we, would, we would point to Jesus Christ. We would point to our following Jesus Christ in our lives. Now, naturally, when we live out this mission statement, naturally, it's going to point to the fact that we're members here of the, at this church body. But, but beyond that, we want to point to Jesus Christ. Now, last week, we, we took a break from this sermon series because we were wrapping up our Disciple Now weekend with our youth. But before Disciple Now weekend, we looked at those first two aspects of our mission statement. We looked at our call to love and our call to, to grow. And, and today we are moving to that next part of our mission statement. We're going to begin looking at our call to serve. And, and so uh, where, where we're going to be pulling this from today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 12 through 26 today, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. Now, as you're turning there, there, there are a couple of things that I want to say. First, just to keep this passage within its intended context, if you look at the verses just before, if you look at the verses directly following, kind of sandwiching the, the, the verses that we're going to be looking at today, the, the context of the passage is talking about spiritual gifts. And so if you read those verses before or after the, the verses that we're looking at today, let me encourage you not to become distracted by the discussion of these spiritual gifts, right? I, I think many times in churches and, and even in Southern Baptist churches, many times uh, discussions of those spiritual gifts and maybe even some of those specific spiritual gifts that are listed there, I think sometimes they can be a source of division among believers, so let me encourage you not to be distracted by this talk of, of spiritual gifts, but, but instead, let me just encourage you to grab hold of this simple truth today. God has a purpose and a plan for each of us within the church. God has a purpose and plan for each of us 
within the church. And, and so I believe that whether we're talking about spiritual giftings or whether we're talking about just the way that God has naturally gifted us as human beings, God has a purpose and a plan for each of us within the church. And I'll take that a step further to say God's purpose and plan for each of us is not to come and sit, but to come and serve. God's purpose and plan for each of us is not to come and sit, but to, to come and serve. And I believe that this is really the heart uh, of this passage, and, and really the heart of, of Paul talking about these spiritual gifts here. Not that, that they would be a, a source of distraction or a source of division for us, but that they would be a reminder to us that God has a purpose and a plan for each of us within the church, and that his purpose and plan is not that we would come and sit, but that we would come and serve. And so let me just encourage you to, to begin doing something. When we walk through these doors in the back on Sunday morning, when we walk through these doors, I think many, time the fir- many times the, the first thing that comes to our mind is likely, where am I going to sit today? Or maybe even, am I going to get to sit in the same spot that I sit in every <laughs> single week, Right? So let me just encourage you to begin kind of retraining your brain so that when we walk through these doors, we don't ask that question, where am I going to sit today, but where am I going to serve today? Or maybe even where am I going to serve this week? Because God doesn't only call us to serve within this building, right? God calls us to go out and serve outside of this building as well. So, So ask that question, God, where do you want me to serve today or where do you want me to serve this week? Because God's call for us is not to come and sit. His call for us is for us to come and serve. But let me also say this. This passage is where we, it's it's one of the passages where we get the idea for local church membership. So in this passage, we're going to see that that term member used as we talk about the parts of the body. We see that term member used. But, but beyond just using that term member, this letter, this, this book, 1 Corinthians, is a letter written by Paul to the church in Corinth, the local church in Corinth. In fact, many of the books in the New Testament are letters written to local churches. And so as we look at this passage, we're not just talking about what, what it looks like uh, to be a part of the collective church as Christians, we're, we're talking about what it looks like to be a member of the local church, to be a functioning part of a local church body. And so if you are a member here at this local church body, if you're a member of First Baptist Church Stockdale, then understand that we have made the commitment that, that as a church body, we are not going to be a people that just comes to sit. We are going to be a people that, that comes to serve and that goes out to serve in this world. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 26. It says, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. 
And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, as we look at this passage, you may have noticed that that we don't see those words serve or service anywhere in our passage. And so while we are talking about our call to serve today, uh, understand that just as I said that our call to grow begins with God's word, I believe that our call to serve begins with unity in the church unity among the body because i believe that that the church will be most effective in serving when its members are walking in unity with one another let me say that again i believe that a church will be most effective in serving when its members are walking in unity with one another but not only do do i believe this i believe that that God believes this because he led Paul to write this letter and to write this letter to the church in Corinth talking about the diversity of gifts that the people have and how to use that, the, those diverse gifts to come together, to be united together, to serve the Lord together. But let me also say this, not only do I believe that, not only do I believe this, not only do I believe that God believes this, I also believe that the enemy believes this, that a, that a church will be most effective in serving when its members are walking in unity together. Because many times what the enemy will do is an enemy, the enemy, Satan, will try to cause disunity in the church, try to cause divisions within the church so that the church will not be effective in service or in any other area that God has called them to. And so while those words serve and service are not in our passage, there's some important truths that I want us to walk away with today as we think about being effective in service, as we think about being united as a church body so that we will be effective in service. So a few weeks ago, I changed things up and I gave you all four points instead of three. Today, I'm going to change things up again. I'm going to give you two points instead of three. Now, that doesn't mean that we're getting out earlier. (laughs) just means I'm going to say more in each of those points. So the first thing I want you to see today is that the body only has one head. The body only has 
one head. What does verse 12 say again? For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. Now, a slightly better translation for for those last few words, so also is Christ, may be found in the New Living Translation. It says, so it is with the body of Christ. Because the heart of those words, when we see so also is Christ, the implication is that as we talk about being one body, we're talking about submitting to one head, and the head of that body is Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. Christ is the head. We see this even more clearly in Colossians 1.18. It says, He is also the head of the body, the church. Speaking of Christ, He is also the head of the body, the church. Now, this is important for us to grab hold of because, because before we can begin talking about the diversity in gifts that we might have and begin, before we can begin talking about how we come together to use those gifts, we first must understand our role as the body. And so understanding that Christ is the head of the church, then there are a couple of implications that I want to discuss. The first implication is that the pastor is not the head of the church. The pastor is not the head of the church. Now, this doesn't diminish the, the role of, uh, of the pastor. It doesn't diminish the necessity uh, of a pastor, just as every single part of the body is important. But, but as we think about the pastor. Certainly the, the pastor is given authority in scripture to, to lead the church as a shepherd leads the flock. But as the pastor leads the church, he, he does so as an under-shepherd, shepherding underneath the true shepherd, the great shepherd, the shepherd Jesus Christ. And so it's with a heart and, and an intention to lead the church to live in submission to Jesus Christ. And so as your pastor, I understand that, that it is not my role to lead you as the head of the church. It is my role to lead you to the head of the church. Right? It's not my role to lead you as the head of the church. It's my role to lead you to the head of the church. And so my, my calling, my role, and, and therefore my desire as your pastor is to point you to Jesus. So here's the beauty of this. If we understand that Christ is the head of the church and not the pastor, and, and if we are mutually submitting to the headship of Jesus Christ, to, to his authority over the body, then even if you don't agree with your pastor, which... I'm sure that's going to happen from time to time. Even if you don't agree with your pastor, we can still serve the Lord in unity. Because we are not, you're, you're not submitting to me as the head. We are submitting together to Christ as the head of the church. And he's the one that brings us unity. But, but what this also means is that if a pastor is doing his job pointing you to the headship of Jesus Christ, if a pastor leaves a church, not only will that church be able to survive, but that church will be able to continue its mission long into the future 
because they are serving not the pastor, they are serving the Lord. Now, I don't want anyone to think that, that I'm preparing you f- for me to leave, right? That thought may be going through your head. I'm not preparing you for me, for me to leave, right? I just got here. I, I pray that the Lord allows me to be here for many years to come. All right, so I'm not trying to prepare you for me to leave, but I am trying to point you to Jesus, right? Because the pastor is not the head of the church. So that's the first implication. Also, the implication that we have here is that the rest of the body is not the head of the church. Our growth group leaders or or Sunday school teachers, whatever you want to call them, they're not the head of the church. Our committees are not the head of the church. Our deacons are not the head of the church. Every single member that is a part of this body, we are all not the head of the church. It is Christ who is the head of the church. And so so we come together and we submit to the Lord together. And so let me say this. The church is not a place for people to come into power. The church is a place for people to come into submission It's not a place for people to come into power. It's a place for you and I to come into submission. And it's not a submission to a pastor. It's not a submission to a growth group leader or a committee leader. We are coming into submission to Jesus Christ. And so as we think about what occurs in our own hearts when we come into submission to Jesus Christ together, what happens is, is we are united. From the very beginning of the series, uh, I have been giving you that overarching truth, and I give it to you today. As a church, it is Christ who unites us. He's the one that creates that bond in our hearts as we serve him together. And the bond that we have as we submit to Christ is a lasting bond. So earlier this week, Sarah asked me, she was at school, she asked me if I could turn off the crock pot in the kitchen. She's going to think twice before she asks me to do that again. Because not only did I turn off the crock pot, but I also broke the knob off the crock pot. But before she got home, I had already jumped on Amazon and ordered some Gorilla Glue so that when she got home, I could tell her, look, I've already got a solution for the problem that I have created. All right? And, And so... Uh, So that Gorilla Glue came in, and I glued that on. Now, I turned to Gorilla Glue because I knew that Gorilla Glue would would create a lasting bond. That stuff is strong, right? Listen, if you submit to your pastor or any other member in the church as the head of the body, you are not going to have a lasting bond there because uh, you are submitting to an imperfect person. And so you're going to have an imperfect bond. But if we submit to... Jesus Christ as the head of the church. Listen, he is the perfect head. He is the perfect leader. And so now we're going to have a perfect bond. Not not an imperfect bond created by people. We are going to have a perfect bond, a lasting bond created by him. So the body only has one head. Our second and, and our final main point this morning is that the body has many parts. What does verse 14 say again? It says, indeed, the body is not one part, but many. The body has many parts. And Paul uses this very practical illustration of 
the human body to discuss the different parts of the body within the church as we think about coming together in unity so that we will be effective in serving. So there are a couple of, of just sub-truths that I want to give you here. First, people of all backgrounds can serve the Lord together. People of all backgrounds can serve the Lord together. In verse 13, Paul, Paul uses the illustration of the Jews and the Greeks and the slaves and the free coming together in submission to Jesus Christ. People of all backgrounds can serve the Lord together because here's the truth. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It only matters who you've come to. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It only matters who you've come to. You see, the Jews that were a part of the church in Corinth were there because they had come to faith in Christ. The Greeks that were a part of the church in Corinth were there because they had come to faith in Jesus Christ. It didn't matter if they were Jew. It didn't matter if they were Greek. It didn't matter if they were slave or free. It didn't matter where they had come from. It only mattered who they had come to. And so they had come to Jesus Christ, and now because they had come to Jesus Christ, they were able to submit to his headship and walk in unity and serve in unity together. Here's the reality for every single church body. As we think about it, it doesn't matter where you've come from. It only matters who you've come to. Listen, I don't know where, where each of you has come from today, but I do know this. You have sinned. Scripture tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You have sinned, I have sinned, we have all sinned. And so, I don't know where you've specifically come from today, but I do know that we have all sinned. And so, as sinners, we can come to repentance and submission to Jesus Christ together. It doesn't matter where you've come from, it only matters who you've come to. And so, as we turn to Jesus Christ... As we confess our sins to him, as we allow for him to become the Lord of our lives, recognizing that he died on the cross for our sins, that he rose again, as we submit to him, then we are able to connect our lives with a local church body and begin serving with these other believers and to begin serving in unity. Now, as we continue thinking about the body having many parts and, and us coming together to serve in unity, let me give you this final subtruth today. Every part is necessary and valuable. Every part is necessary and valuable. What does verse 17 and 18 say again? If the whole body were an eye, where would, we, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of these parts in the body just as he wanted. The body has many parts and every part is necessary and valuable. So you've probably heard the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, right? The, this phrase actually came from a comic strip. Some of y'all may know this. This phrase came from a comic strip uh, that ran from 1913 to 1940. And so in this comic strip, keeping up with the Joneses, they often had scenarios uh, that that were basically how we use that phrase today. So as we think about this phrase, keeping up with the judges, right, we, we often will look at others, at, at what they have or, or how they live, and we begin comparing ourselves to them, and, and we try to reach their level. So when we do this in, in the social world, what we're saying is that what I have or where I am is not good enough, right? 
But this happens within the church too, and not just with stuff, but this happens in, in, in roles that we may be serving in. This is really the issue that Paul was addressing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because the people in Corinth were looking at at the gifts that they had and the ways that they were serving and they were also looking at the gifts that others had and the way that that God was using them to serve and they're looking at their own gifts saying man my gift is not good enough the way I'm serving the Lord is not good enough and so so they wanted to to do what someone else was doing but Paul was giving them this reminder every part is necessary and valuable However God has you serving, however he has equipped you to serve, your part is necessary and valuable. It doesn't matter how small you might feel that your part is or how big you might feel that part is. Every single part is necessary and valuable. And so our goal as believers, our goal as a church should not be to keep up with the Joneses. Our goal should be to keep serving Jesus. Our goal should be to keep serving Jesus and remember that God has arranged us how he desires and so we need to desire to keep serving Jesus now if we're not serving at all then we need to remember that God has called us to serve and 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 we can begin asking God where is it that you want me to serve how is it that you want me to serve within these walls or outside of these walls Lord what do you want to do with me Every single part is necessary and valuable as we come together in submission to the head of the church to serve the Lord together. And here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, we are going to continue to come together. We're going to continue to submit to the headship of Jesus Christ, and we are going to continue to serve the Lord together because this is who we are. Now, as we get ready to wrap things up today, let me bring you back to what I said earlier. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It only matters who you've come to. And so today, if you have never submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then understand before you can begin serving him, you first must submit to him. First, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And if you've never done that, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your, your chance to respond. And if you're here today and you would say, that's you, I've never given my life to Christ, but I understand that, that I am a sinner. I have sin in my life. And I've heard today that Jesus died for me, that he rose again. And today I'm ready to, to come to him as Lord. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then as we sing this song, I would invite you, step out of your seat and join me down front. I'm going to be standing right down here. Let's talk. Let's pray. Today can be the day that that you know Jesus as Lord. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I'm a believer, but if I'm honest with myself, I've had more of that come come and sit mentality than a come and serve mentality. And, and, and I just need to get that right with the Lord. And, and I need to ask God where it is he wants me to serve in these walls, outside of these walls. Where, Lord, do you want to use me this week? If that's you, you can, you can deal with God right where you're at. But if you need someone to pray with you, then I'd be happy to do that. And maybe you're here today and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never taken that step of baptism. 
Listen, as we talk about submitting to the headship of Jesus Christ, one of the first things that he calls us to do as a believer is to publicly profess our faith through baptism. And so if we're going to say he's Lord, we're going to walk in obedience and take that step. And so if you've never taken that step, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's make that commitment together today. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you've given your life to Christ and you have been baptized by immersion. And you know that God's calling you to join this church body to connect your life with First Baptist Church Stockdale. As we think about who we are as a church, you know God's calling you to join us on mission here at this church. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk, let's pray. Today you can become a member here at First Baptist Church. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, my encouragement to you is simply respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.